Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. How? What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, ah, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Maron. All right, let's do this, Bell House in Brooklyn. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? I'm Mark Maron. This is WTF. This is live from the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York. Oh, shit. Look at this. I can't fucking take it. How are you, folks? You good? I don't even know where to start. We got an amazing show. It's like Christmas up here. Look at this, man. Okay, this one, uh, let's just go through this because I I have not, sometimes I neglect to, uh, to thank people properly. And I do want to congratulate right out of the gate Mikhail and Susan, he was going to propose tonight, but I didn't fucking respond to his email. Congratulations. Congratulations, and I'm sorry. You got the email right here? What are you going to just make me feel like more of an asshole? I admitted to it. But now you got to put this in my face? Hello, Mark. Just wanted to say I've listened to the show almost since the beginning. And you're not only hilarious, but a born interviewer. My girlfriend and I are both fans and listen every time on the day it comes out. It's by far my favorite podcast. I even downloaded the app and a year subscription. I'm an asshole. But the reason I'm writing is to ask you very humbly. Ugh. If you'll let me propose to my girlfriend of seven years, I'm 29, she's 26, during the taping in Brooklyn on July 25th during the 9 p.m. show. We already have tickets. I meant to tell you I was going to let you do this. Um, I think my email must have got lost, bro. (laughs) She would be completely shocked and it would be great to have record of the event. If you feel this would sidetrack the show, I understand. No, I'd much rather sidetrack it with a guilty email that makes me feel like an asshole but at least make you feel better about who I am. But if you'll allow me to do it at the end or maybe the beginning, I would be forever in your debt. If you could help me come up with a funny way to do it. Well, see, that's where you lost me. (laughs) I was reading this and I'm like, oh, it's a writing job? Um, (laughs) It would be even better. I've been a total comedy nerd since I was a teenager and a fan of yours since I saw your first, and I think only Comedy Central Presents. Oh, that's where I lost you too. I did two of them. There's two. I've seen you a few times over the years and bought all three CDs. Jesus Christ, dude. How did I not respond to this? I got cupcakes and all kinds of shit up here. I don't know how I can make it up to you. Do you want to reenact it or anything? Oh. All right, let's just, just answer me this. Hold on a second. Let's walk through it, Mikhail. And so, so, so how did you do it? Well, um, I sent you the email. Let's get past that. <laughs> Okay, I'm trying I, to make up for that. After about, after like three days, I was just like, fuck it, he's not going to do it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and her sister and her best friend weren't going to be in town the next weekend, so I just... Um, oh, so it's more of a family thing. It's probably better, right? Well, what we, did, what we did, I took her, I went to, to the bar that we had our first drink at the, oh, the day we met, and yeah. it's, it's a fucking Cadoba now. Yeah. <laughs> So I made her stand there on the corner, and I ran to the closest liquor store and bought one of those small bottles of champagne, uh-huh. and then ran back and like got down on knee and proposed, and she said yes, and I popped. Oh, <laughs> congratulations! I'm so happy for you. 
I'm serious. Good luck with it. And thanks for the iPhone. I, I apologize. I'm, I'm happy for you guys. I didn't mean to be a dick. I just got busy and I didn't want to talk to you. I, um... <laughs> okay, quick. Anyone know what this is? No, this is, that's right. It's a hand-knitted piece of shit. And I'd like to thank Katya for that. This is, she said that as a comedian, I would understand the fake, uh, fake dog do thing. And this is her artistic interpretation of that. This is a knitted poop. I'm going to have an exhibit in Los Angeles of all the folk art. Thank you, Katya, right here. Very, it's inspired. And I, and I know that I'm going to have to explain it every time, which is going to be the best part of having this on my coffee table. What is this? It's poop. It's a hand-knitted poop. What's that? What the fuck is right? Um, what else do we have? Okay, Brad. This is, okay, here we go. It's a little, uh, a little art from Brad. For those of you listening, it's me on a subway next to uh, Monk's, uh, Munch's, well, how do you pronounce his name? Munch, the scream guy. And it says, this is what the fuck, the next stop is God, da- next stop is God damn it. But I like the signs here on the subway. One just says, kill yourself. And the other says, hey, buy the thing. Some serious social satire going on right here. <laughs> Much better than they live. Um, you don't even need special glasses to see this shit. Okay, and Liz got me the cupcakes. I appreciate that. Now, can I interest you in a, in a wedding celebration cupcake? Can I do that? Can I? Because I, I quite... Is it okay, Liz, if I share them? Here, have a cupcake, you two. Look at those are yummy. Thank you, Liz. You're, you're helping me out. You're not going to deny cupcake. It's a, you know, you're, you're getting married. The eating disorder time is over. You look great. Have a cupcake. Good luck with that, buddy. I, um... Am I being an asshole? I apologize. I just wanted, I just wanted to make this night special. And I... I think you've got a, uh, you know, a, a long and difficult road ahead of both of you to be... How old are you? You're 27? You're 29 and she's 27? 26? And you're getting married? You got married. So there's a child on the way? Three days after you proposed? Oh, shit, listen to that tone. We were together for seven years. I'm familiar with that tone. (laughs) Well, good, it sounds like you got what you fucking wanted then. (laughs) You just didn't know if it was going to go down, huh? Touch and go there for a while, right? Couldn't get him committed. Huh? Fingers crossed. <laughs> I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you for making the leap. I've done it twice. The, um... Look, dude. You guys are in the right ballpark, all right? See, I, I just I get a little nervous. Like, I, you know, I'm a little older than she is, you know? And, and uh, it makes me nervous. It makes me nervous. Because a lot of people look at, like, the older guy with the, uh, 
the, the younger woman and they think like, I know what that's about. You don't. You don't know what it's about. If you think anything other than that man is a clown and should be wearing a clown's nose, then you do not know what it's about. Yeah, it, it, I'm telling you, a year from now, when we're married and I'm walking behind her, just play calliope music. And I'm like, dan, bam, bam, dan, 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 dan. Because a day will come where I'll think everything is going fine and she'll say the most horrible words a man of my age can hear, which is, I'm getting along so much better with my dad. Now, this means we're weeks away from her leaving me and she goes on to have an age-appropriate relationship. And she's here tonight, and all that she's going to take out of that entire spiel I just did when we get back to the hotel room, it's like, we're going to be married in a year? All right. That's how my evening's going to unravel. Let's do a couple of emails. You want to? We usually... This one, I always like these things that, that seem like they're having a conversation that I don't recall at all. Speaking of jerking it. <laughs> now I got to like, where was he coming in? Which episode was he? Is it wrong that my Saturday morning routine consists of jerking off while thinking of my sister-in-law in the shower? My wife is much better looking, but I feel like the sister-in-law has much dirtier tendencies. <laughs> what goes on in your head stays in your head. I'm not even going to say that guy's name. I do not want him to go through whatever could possibly happen if anyone hung that on him. Ass play. Good subject line. It's a little weird, though. Hi, Mark. I want to ask you to please refrain from using the term crowd work so frequently. Every time you say those words, this disturbing thing happens inside my head. I hear the words ass play. How is that my problem? <laughs> Seriously. Needless to say, I'm pretty grossed out by this. I, 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 maybe you should do something about that. I became aware of this lifestyle choice a few years ago when I happened upon the online dating profile of a flabby 60-year-old lesbian who looked like she lived in a house that smelled of boiled cabbage. I don't know how you or crowd work got involved, but since you say this phrase fairly regularly, the connection has become hardwired. I hope you can help me, Judy. Well, Judy, I just did a little crowd work with uh, Mikhail and his new bride. And uh, everyone had a great time. It was good crowd work. Really good crowd work. I fucking love crowd work because... You never know what's going to happen when you get involved with crowd work. And if you really go heavy into crowd work, it can really be fun because you just never know what's going to happen. It's hard to follow crowd work. I'm worried about this guy. Mark, feel like reaching out to you, then just has one line. Seems like you're proof that the future can be okay. <laughs> I got to tell you, buddy, I'm not so sure if you're thinking that. God, we have a great show. Did I mention that? 
I, I, oh, can I, um, maybe we should get these cannolis opened. I'll have somebody do that. Uh, all right, so my first guest is a, is a wonderful comedian who I've watched and known for years, and uh, I, I, I adore her. Please welcome Rachel Feinstein. Hello. We're going to eat some cannolis. No, sit right next to me and grab that mic. Hi, Rachel. Hi, guys. How are you? Yay. Oh, shit. Look at these. They're mini cannolis. What the fuck? No oh fucking shit. Those are beautiful. Oh, they're fucking amazing. They're very oh. sensual. Did you smell them? I smell do. Them. I Ooh, smell Isn't that good? Mm, yes, I'm aroused. Oh. Thank oh. you. So how are you? I'm good. It's nice good. to see you. Thank you. Where it's have you been? Be Can, is this boxes in the way? Um, there we go. Not really. I uh, where did you, have I been uh, in the last few months? Uh, Texas, Alabama, Indiana, everywhere I've wanted to be. That's where I've been. <laughs> Great state for Jewish comics. Just, all of those. If you say, where does the Jew want to play? How about Alabama, Texas? <laughs> And Indiana, exactly. but actually, way up north in Actually, Indiana. I was in the middle of a show in Alabama, and I asked if there were any Jews in the crowd. I was just, like, setting something up, and it just got real quiet and clansy. And then this one guy just goes, Dare's a Jew! She's over there! And he, like, he pointed across the room like they were tracking their Jews. Oh, my God. It was very unsettling. That's, felt, the, that's the worst fucking feeling. I felt soiled. I felt scared, and I did not feel safe. <laughs> it was not good. I had the Texas Jew thing where I, I used to do about 15 minutes in my act about being Jewish, and I think I've talked about this before. A guy comes up to me after the show and goes, you're pretty funny, but you're not really a Jew, are you? <laughs> like, that would be the part I made up. <laughs> I know. Yeah, people have asked me before if I've changed my name. I'm like, yeah, I changed it to Rachel Feinstein. <laughs> I thought, I got to get something sexy. My name's not sexy enough. <laughs> do, now, do, do you have, uh, do, I mean, what are your experiences on the road? I mean, I know that, are you, you're headlining? Yeah, yeah, I am. And are, are, you, are you kicking ass or do you have, do you find that you're up against some fucking nastiness or what? Uh, there's, it's a, there's a sadness to the road. There is. I mean, I'm sure I'm not the first person to say that. On Wait your a minute, show. hold on. You mean being stuck uh, in a hotel room in a city without a car, usually by an industrial park of some kind with a hotel that may or may not have a exactly. breakfast buffet and you're only left to sit there and battle every night with <laughs> shitty food and internet porn is somehow unhappy to you? Exactly. And add... Add the rapey feeling of being a woman on top of it, where there's always just that kind of like, could be a rape around the corner. <laughs> they, the guy they always have drive you around is always just like the most unstable, oh, disturbing yeah. character. Yeah. I was just doing this gig, and the guy's like license plate, he had like a bumper sticker that said, I don't dial 911, which was so confusing. <laughs> I was like, first of all, whether you're for handguns or not, there's a lot of reasons to dial 911. Like, what do you do if your grandma has a stroke? Shoot her in the fucking face? Like, it's, it's not acceptable. It's, it's not soothing. <laughs> That's a gun thing? That it just means, like, I take care of my own business. I guess, but, like, what, even if you killed someone in self-defense, then 911 would be the logical next step. <laughs> I Perhaps never, a phone call. I never thought about how scary it would be to be, like, a, a, a woman on the road, just in the sense that you do go to those hotels, and you, there's always that situation where you have one of those hotels, and you have that moment where you're like, there's that guy again. I mean, yeah. you know... Even if you're a guy, you're like, what's that guy up to? You know, you see, because you see people walking the rooms and automatically you build a life for them. It's like, what are they running away from? What's in that room? He's got a suitcase full of somebody in there, you know. <laughs> but it's probably just a guy doing his job. Yeah, one time I was at a hotel and I remember it was with a, another comic and we we're walking down. It was like a Marriott Suite Hotel and we had heard a guy having the loudest fucking sex like right there, like literally at the door right near where you check in. And it was just this woman going, that's it, baby. Fuck me, daddy. Fuck me, daddy. 
And then I said to the dude, I'm like, God, they must be really into each other. And he's like, no, someone paid for that. I was mesmerized by your fuck me daddy voice because it sounded so practical. She's like, fuck me daddy. Yeah. Like, it just sounded so... Well, that's exactly why he yeah. said it's probably a hooker because it sounded yeah. so practical. Right. I'm just working here. Because, <laughs> you know, it could be like, fuck me daddy. Is that wrong? Did you want something else? <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa, what do you need? How can I help you? What would work for you? Do you, are you with a, do you have a guy? Yeah, I'm dating somebody now, but I was, but it's still like weird because you're on the road and, and like you're never home. And so then you have to explain why you can't like attend any normal event because you'd rather, they think you'd rather be there. It's like, no, I don't want to be in Indiana. Get it. You know, actually I was, I was, uh, I was on the road on Valentine's day and this guy, and I was trying to explain to him like why I had to be there. And you know, he doesn't understand because he's like, but you hate these places you're going. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but I have to pay my rent and I don't have health insurance. But, um. But yeah, I was on the road in Valentine's Day and this guy came up to me after my show and he just, he brought like this bag of like a series of unstable gifts. They were very distressing. Did um, he know you before? So he was he a fan? He knew me before. Yeah. I don't know if he even had internet. He was definitely, uh, something was very awry mentally and it was like some murder-esque vibe sure, to him. Sure, sure, yeah. yeah. And he came up and he was just sort of aware of me and he was screaming about how I was eliminated from the last comic standing, which I thought was funny because he didn't really even have the facts right. He goes, they shouldn't have made you go in the first round. But he was like real piping mad, you know? And I got defensive. I was like, I didn't go in the first round. They, they let me stay. Like, yeah. no, they liked me a little. Like, yeah. He was bringing up a lot of stuff for me. Oh and then my gave, God. And, and then did he turn on you like, shut up, bitch, here's <laughs> presents. <laughs> He did sound just like that. And he made the same, he did the same expression in his eyes that you have right now. But he, no, he gave me a series of these drawings of uh, the Star Wars Death Star. And then <laughs> there was like, the guy, they got real excited. One guy got real amped up. Did you hear that? Woo! Yeah, Star yeah, yeah. Wars Death Star, fuck yeah, yeah. yeah. raise yeah. the roof. They're all just angry they didn't um, make it to Comic-Con. <laughs> Yeah, there was like nine pictures, and then there was various like Star Wars, like the vehicles they go around in and shit. Like he had like drawings of the like I don't even know I'm gonna say it wrong. It was like Adat or some vehicle, and then there was like a lot of hearts, and then just like and then he would have famous um, poetry, but then he just cross out like really well known poetry, but he cross out the person that had obviously written it and just write his own name, Rashid Watley. Like on the piece everyone. of paper he yeah, wrote, just he cross just... out. He didn't even put any white out. That was a little. He couldn't get his hands on any. So how long did this exchange go on for before you had to maybe get the guy who had, I, had, I don't call 911, save you <laughs> from this guy? The owner took him away. At first I was curious. <laughs> took like, him away. Yeah. Oh, but God. There, was, there was a cop that like, he was friends with that was sort of standing over him, this kind of red-faced cop, like, you almost done? Huh? You done with the gifts? Huh? You almost done? Like, just like sort of angry. But I was curious, too, because I was like, this shit's getting more and more fucking hilarious. Like, yeah. So yeah. I kind of wanted him to continue so that I could tell the story I'm telling right now because it was, it was hilarious. There was a lot of, like, plastic flowers. It was all in this public Come library on, you bag. you fucked him. You fucked him, right? I did. He finger blasted me, all right? Whatever. It was Valentine's Day. You had to for Day. the joke. I'm worth yeah. it. I'm worth it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, all right. Now, you grew up here? I grew up in Maryland, in Bethesda, Maryland. And you're, you're like, what kind of, like, what do you come from? Uh, my, like my parents and stuff. Yeah. Like, what are they about? (laughs) Uh, my, uh, (laughs) my dad's, uh, a civil rights lawyer. He was a blues musician. Wait, Um, a Jewish blues musician? Yes, he was. I love that. He's like, uh, like he's one of those Jew blues guys. Like Mike Bloomfield and like, Both my parents really want to be black, like desperately. Uh They're all there. Oh, and he's a civil rights lawyer as well. Yeah. (laughs) 
They would, they're so liberal. They would be like happy. If, they would just, they don't care, whatever. They would love it if I brought home like a Nigerian lesbian. My mom would just be like, finally. That is fantastic. Finally. Yeah, Did they, you they do that? really want to be black. No, I haven't done that. But they, they have like all their coffee table books are like celebrating black women are like, finally black. <laughs> all this stuff up in our house is like, like Steve Biko did not die in vain and shit. I'm like, <laughs> my, mom is like my mom converted to Judaism. She's like a waspy little soccer mom. I don't know where she gets it. She majored in like African history with like a minor in black studies. They just, they're just... They want to be black so bad. It's really uncomfortable. <laughs> Dude, I, oh, my God. So, wait. Now, so your dad played in a blues band? Yes. Did he, he talk um, like a black guy? He, he didn't really talk like he was black. He, he went by the name Hurricane Howie. Like, <laughs> it's true. You can go to his website. He still does. He's, That's his lawyer name? No, he quit his law job. <laughs> <laughs> Hurricane Howie Feinstein? I'll get you off the hook, <laughs> brother. He's he just got the fist. <laughs> You're in safe hands. Actually, like now I think it's like cool and really interesting, but when I was a kid, he just would really humiliate me. He was in this band called the Vomitones, which I was very embarrassed about. He, he thinks there's nothing funnier than throwing up, and they would play these... Nothing funnier to him. It was just hilarious. They played at my school on multicultural night. I'm like, what is multicultural about the fucking vomitones? And my dad likes to like get on all fours after he does like a particularly like exciting number on his accordion and he howl like like a wolf, like in honor of Howlin' Wolf. It's really distressing. Now, what I want to know is, did they were there people in the audience ever? Or? People, but he's actually like a brilliant musician. He plays all by ear and all that. He's really good. Um, that's all he does now for a living. But he was just very embarrassing. Like his friends used to moon people after their sets. It was. And it you was would upsetting. go to these shows, and you're. They mooned his. He didn't actually moon, but two of the other guys in his band mooned my school on that multicultural night. So. And you were like, "That's my dad." I'm like that's my daddy. That's a hurricane. <laughs> Did you ever, uh, what, do you think it inspired you at all to be in show business because he was a I think I think he had a lot of regret about not doing, uh, you know, I mean, in his family, it wasn't acceptable to go join. Actually, to any family, is it acceptable to have your goal be to be in a band called the Vomitones? But, I mean, in, in, at that time, that wasn't an option. He was yeah. going to be a lawyer, and he was passionate about civil rights because of the whole black thing, and he wanted to be black. But So it fit in well, yeah. but then um, I think he had a lot of regret that he didn't do his blues earlier. And so you know, sure. when I was 17, I moved to New York with this guy in his band, actually. It was called Dick Sister. <laughs> Dick Sister? Dick I was... Sister? <laughs> I have that part of me alive and active. I have latent rock cock. It's actually not that latent, is it? <laughs> I've, I've been bluesing too. I play blues. I'm a Jew blues. Player. Oh, you do? I yeah. didn't know this. Yeah. What do you play? I play guitar. That's you know, really cool. I'm pretty powerful in my garage. I play a little. <laughs> I sit in with all the greats. You know, Muddy Howlin'. I call him Howlin'. <laughs> Some people call him Wolf, but no, I call him you Howlin'. You have the burden for it. I bet you're good. Yeah, I do have the burden. <laughs> it's so funny. What is that burden? It's not like you know, slavery and horrible treatment. It's my mother. <laughs> Yeah, I got the Jewish blues burden. <laughs> Needy <laughs> mom. So, are, so did you, is your mom happy that you... Yeah, they both... Uh, 
I like that you just slur your answers, and I already know what they are. Your questions, I know what they are. Uh, yeah, they're both happy about it. I mean, they don't like fully understand it. My mom calls mm. it my talent show or whatever. But oh, she... that is so condescending. <laughs> she calls it my talent show or my little program. I saw your little program. She always goes, "I saw you and you don't mock me in your little program tonight, okay?" <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh. They they all they they support it. My dad wished that he had done something that so I but I it's not like I had a lot of other options. I didn't, you know, uh it's not I always liked to the idea of like leaving some sort of noble like being a scientist and then making that noble decision to leave that career for the arts, but I had really no other choices. I was like an awful <laughs> student and like yeah, it was just it wasn't like I was just like I'm gonna do it, fuck everything. I wanna find a little way for myself. I was living with some guy in his band called Dick Sister, he dumped me, I started stand up. <laughs> And that's your burden. That's my fucking burden. <laughs> Rachel Feinstein. You good? That's great. Let's scoot down to the next mic. It's my pleasure right now to bring out a, a young man that made me laugh once, and I always wanted to have him on the show. I don't know him that well. And I said, well, what do you want to talk about? He says, well, I'm gay. And I'm like, um, all right, you're on. Let's do it. Gabe Weedman, ladies and gentlemen. Hi. Well, Hi. How are you? I'm good. How That's are you? It's nice to see you. Yeah, you too. This is a great show. Thank you very much. I love Rachel. Yeah, I love her too. I'm very fond of her. She's cooking. great. Do you know her dad, Hurricane Howie? I don't know him personally, no. Um, but Rachel and I go back mm. a bit. Yeah. This is, in, this is weird, but we... the the. First and maybe only road gig I ever did was yeah. with Rachel to a Jewish camp outside of Atlanta for a daytime show <laughs> on a Jewish comedy tour, maybe <laughs> seven to 10,000 years ago. Something like that. Hold on a minute. So you're doing a Jewish comedy tour yeah. that stopped at Jewish day camps. Yes. Outside uh, in Georgia. So they were frightened Jews. While the, while the sun was up, yeah. They, they were, were cloistered. Sort of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was the, one of the worst days of their life, I'm sure, <laughs> when we rolled through. Outside of living in Atlanta. Yeah, but I, um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I love Atlanta, by the way. I just wanted to erase what I just said. I don't said think anyone here is from Atlanta. anybody who gives a shit. Are they, someone is, sorry. No, no, Atlanta is pretty cool. And that, there yeah. are Southern Jews, and there yes. have been for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> how fucking diplomatic and ridiculous Sometimes. was that? <laughs> Who am I trying to placate here? That Listen, was really all you good. Jews in the South, I love you. Um, that was good. That was good. You have to think nationally. Me, I only exist in Brooklyn, so <laughs> I can say whatever I want. You, at this you point. exist in the hearts of many. Yeah, Gabe. that's true. That's true. I. Uh, so what happens? So you're there, summer camp. Yeah. Um, and you do, and it was, what kind of bits you do? Do you? I was I was with my comedy partner Jenny Slate, and we were talking about bullshit. Um, just garbage bullshit. It wasn't going very well. And then I said something about being gay. And uh, some people laughed, and then there was this one really gay-looking guy. How old? Uh, maybe I don't know, seventeen. Uh-huh. But and uh, so I mean, he probably wasn't out. Right. And um, I said, "That guy knows what I'm talking about," <laughs> which was <laughs> one of the only crimes I've committed in my life. Well, let me up. In, the, in terms of how long the camp session was, what day oh of camp was that? Because God, you, it was you probably the fucked last. up the other two. Weeks. I don't know if it was the last day on the calendar, oh, well, but it was the last good. day of camp for sure, for that kid at least. And then, it, well, everyone else laughed. 
everyone else was totally cracking up, and I think I, I mean, for someone who had no material, I did fine that day. You know what I see in your future, Gabe? A grateful email from a guy that yes, came out totally, because of that day. Totally. He was like that one I don't know fat if you guy remember. from fucking New York <laughs> has my back, or at least knows yeah. what I wrote in my journal. I think he saved a life. Yeah. He saved a life Absolutely. that day. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of the least responsible sort of stand-up moments I think I've ever had. <laughs> if someone had done that to me when I was a teenager, I would have I fucking killed myself. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Wait, are you saying no one did that to you when you were a teenager? Well, ever, no. Everyone in the entire world told me I was gay yeah. before I came out. Um, did you know you were gay when they were telling you? Yes, oh, okay. absolutely. But I wasn't, like, living it. Right. I was, you know um, when you meet someone and you're like, oh, they're asexual. They don't, right. they just don't have any sex. They're, right. That was me. I was gay. <laughs> and I was a fucking kid, and all the sex I had was online. <laughs> you know what I mean? But how do you, like, so, like, in, the, in those moments, I mean, how do you act? I mean, like, were you stifling something? Like, what were you stopping? I was stifling everything. Right. I listened to music that I hated. Like I work. Uh, I listened to uh, Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> and... Wait, that is the perfect asexual music. <laughs> right? That defines, it's that like, defines that's closeted what, gays around the world. Well, that's what a straight Dave guy Matthews. who isn't going to actually fuck you listens to, Right? <laughs> And fish. Oh, I went, my God. I went to so many fucking fish concerts. Oh, no. Dozens of fish concerts. I lived in Philly. They were just always oh, there. Oh, God. They had their own fucking section of the parking lot outside of some stadium. This is one of the saddest closet stories I've heard. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I was like, I'll just fake like I'm a hippie because oh, then no oh, one right. will expect me So you had long hair, fuck. patchouli, and you yeah, did but, the Grateful Dead dance Yeah, but shit. I was Jewish, so my long hair was like tall hair. I had like a, an, a, a huge helmet of an afro. It's interesting. The asexual, closeted, uh, hippie, Jew, gay guys is very uh, familiar to me. Yeah. It's, like I've known a lot of them. Yeah, you probably had like three in your class. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. was one of them. Okay, good. Yeah. I lived with one. I'm I sure think he was nice. Yeah, but I think it was a phase and then it, I don't know what he's doing and, now. And like, you know, if he's at the computer, don't come in the room. <laughs> Because you're going to see something that yeah, you didn't yeah. expect. You're like, going to see something that is, like, crazy. <laughs> and he doesn't want you to see. And he's way ahead of his time. And then one day it'll be, like, what he's into. But at that point, it has to just be this thing that he's erasing from his history. And that's the world we live in. Okay. I, we summed it up. So You're welcome, America. I totally just explained homosexuality to everyone. So, so... The day that you came out, how did yeah. that go? It went great, actually. It was um, my parents were super supportive and mm. into it. Mm-hmm. It was the night that my sister was leaving for college, and she was like, she was kind of the difficult one. So it was like there was mass hysteria, yeah, and everyone was like freaking out about her and um, packing her and making sure she was okay yeah. to move out. And I was just there, yeah. and I was like, I got something that'll take your mind off this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gay. And they knew it, but it totally broke the ice. Really? For her, at least. I was a good brother. And did they say, help your sister pack? Yes. <laughs> you, you must be great at, pa- at folding <laughs> shit. Yeah. You'll know exactly what she needs for the fall season. <laughs> yeah. So it was great. I was a big help 
to oh. her and everyone. Well, that's sweet. That day. Yeah, no, coming out was no big deal, although to me, I was terrified to do it, even though I knew my parents would be fine with it. Do you think they knew already? They definitely knew already. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Did, now how everyone did those... knew already. Yeah. I think, I think that's true of everyone. So there was relief then in some level? Yeah, there was total relief. I waited until I had sex, and then I came out, because I figured that being gay is kind of a sex thing. Right. So I was like, yeah, I could come out of the closet as a virgin, or I could have sex. And confirm it. And then be like, that, this is my sexual identity. Yeah. You know? And then, so I, I had sex, and then I came out of the closet. And everyone seemed, everyone, no one was surprised, I don't think. Yeah. Everyone knew me pretty well. My family obviously knew me great. And they were very okay with gay shit yeah. my whole life. Yeah. And I just fit into that gay shit that they were okay with. What, can, you, can you give us a, what's under the umbrella of gay <laughs> under shit? Under the umbrella of gay shit. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Hudson. <laughs> um, well, it was like, I grew up in Philly, and I grew up downtown, and the, like... Did the, you flip the collar up on your polo shirts? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's Still would. Um, <laughs> still would if that was a thing. Um, I did. It was a thing, like, <laughs> right after 9-11. Yeah. And I did it then, for sure. What do you mean? What, it would, what does I mean, that was that mean? a national yeah. thing? Everybody, in honor of 9-11, must flip the collar of the Ralph a, Lauren shirts up? It wasn't about 9-11, but that's how the calendar reads in retrospect, doesn't it? <laughs> Just, you know, that was like kind of trendy in 2002, is all I meant. <laughs> so you're saying it wasn't a gay trend Am I alone? in reaction to 9-11? Oh, no. No, 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 no. And nothing, it had nothing to do with 9-11 except for that I... <laughs> I guess had, I kind of implied that it did. Yeah, it was. But um, all I meant was that, yeah, I mean, when it came back in style to f- flip your collar up, I did that. Okay. Yeah. I got it. I got it. Because I didn't know it was a, I, I pictured this national movement where no. after 9-11, no, 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 no. everyone who wasn't out with... came out with their collars up. No. Oh, God. Can you? That would have been great, though. <laughs> that would have really shown them. While America has its guard down, we're all gay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something else to think about. <laughs> Yeah. It was a national version of your sister packing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Let us take your mind off of this with a little thing we do with our shirts. <laughs> no, I wish. That would have been great. So though. how is the whole gay thing? Good? Um, it's going great. Yeah, absolutely. It's going great. Do old gay guys annoy you? No, I, no, not at all. I love old gay guys. Love them. I mean, just in general, are you like, come on, old man, lose the captain's hat, you know? <laughs> I feel like they took every fucking bullet for me and that they should have all the fun possible for them. Right? I mean, it's like, the fuck do I care what they dress or look like? I mean, and also the other thing is that, like, like I said, I only, I'm only at home. So I don't go out to, you know, like I don't see them in chaps and they don't harass me because I don't go to bars. But that's my, my, that's my problem. But are you saying there's, there's old gay men that harass young men in chaps? That oh, they wear, absolutely. They wear chaps yeah. and they're like... Yeah. Oh, I think that's here. what like, keeps bars in business is the old men <laughs> who put on their chaps at around four, if it's summer, <laughs> go over for happy hour and then they're the ones buying the drinks. Put on their nipple rings. Yeah, the exactly. Yeah. The nipple rings that connect to each other and then to your nose. <laughs> who was that? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, so hot, right? Yeah, it was so hot. <laughs> Jody Watley. That's who I'm trying to think. Jody Watley style. Uh, oh, Everyone's okay. going to look that up when they go home. Okay. She had a nose ring that connected to something like down on her body. So what's... <laughs> <laughs> I 
to and she her. Was famous you can for, say it. Well, it was either her nipples or her pussy. Yeah. Um, and I don't know which one. <laughs> I think you said pussy well. I, yeah. I, you know, that's I was a, thinking I that say too. pussy you a lot. Too, yeah, you do. You say yeah, pussy I a lot. I say pussy a lot. Yeah. It's um, it, it's a word that means so much shit. Do you yeah. say do you say um, you say cock or dick? I say dick. Oh, really? Yeah. See, that's a cock. new generation thing. Yeah, I think. cock. I don't know. It's like cock uh, is old school, man. Cock is old school, yeah. and it's also like a personality thing. Oh, really? You know, peacock or cocky. Or like, look at my cock. Yeah, look at my cock. <laughs> no, it would be like suck my dick. That's what that's what resonates with me. Is really? suck my dick. Not yeah. suck my cock. Suck my cock. No, yeah. that sounds written. But what, could you? It but, does. But, but how about this? Nice dick. I don't know about that. Nice dick. No, that's a great compliment. No, I know, but... If someone said nice dick to me, I'd be like, thank you. But how would you respond to like, wow, that's a lot of cock. I'd be like, who, why, why are you reading off of a fucking <laughs> note card? Yeah, cock doesn't sound real to me. Cock sounds like uh, marketing material for like a porn. All the cocks in New York descend on one fucking kid. Gabe Liedman, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. And please help yourself to anything. Anything. I don't want to... Jessica's just going to watch me cry over this shit. What's in this box? Oh, God. Oh, Madeleines? Is that what you call them? These? Madeleine. Madeleine? Beautiful, yeah. Yeah, you like these? Yeah, they're the best. These are sugar cocks. Yeah. You want a sugar cock? Yep. Okay. Always. (laughs) (laughs) This next gentleman is a a very funny man who I've I've liked uh, uh, for a long time. I've I've always thought he was funny. These are the worst credits ever. Um, (laughs) Let's find out what he's done. Julian McCullough, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that guy. Over here. Don't run away from me. Over here. Oh, right. We're talking to me. Sorry. No, I want, I want to sit close to you. I want you to. He's pretty hot, isn't he, Gabe? Seriously. Oh, he's the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Known him for years. Gabe's like the one I would. Yeah. <laughs> so, I am literally yeah. holding just, you to just that. For the, just for the jokes after. Oh, man. For both of you? Yeah, let's just make fun of reality television. (laughs) We'll forget about that sex we just had and just make fun of these desperate housewives. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But you you say cock, right? No. Mark, no one says cock anymore. No one. What is that, like a Steely Dan thing? (laughs) Didn't they have an album called It's a Cock? Yeah, every album. <laughs> Steely Dan. Could you have said somebody else? I'm like the only guy in the world that does not fucking get Steely Dan. Oh, I don't get him either. I can't stand people that are like, what do you mean? You don't, you don't like Steely Dan? I'm like, not only do I not like it, I just like, shut up. Yeah. We've talked about nothing but horrible bands up here. Really? Well, Fish. Oh, yeah. Dave oh, Matthews Band and Steely Dan. Let's, you know. All right, let's talk about some good ones. Let's I saw Soundgarden cool. the other night. They fucking kicked ass yeah. all over the place. Yeah, they, they were good. Yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> the worst part is I worship you, and we started the interview with me giving you shit from the first second. It's not fair. Look, I just want to say... 
that you think I like. I like what the kids are listening to, and and <laughs> you. Like, I listen to the Kings of Leonard, and I yeah. listen to. There you go. <laughs> and I jo- I enjoy TV on the Telegraph, yeah. and. No, dude, I'm just saying, you know, they come back after 15 years, they broke up too soon, they still have the fuck... You know, fuck you and your goddamn... <laughs> they broke up too soon. Okay. It's just... Who are your guys? Who are my guys? Yeah. Oh, my. Like when you were in high school, like, you know, dude, dude, let's go see... Uh, Alice in Chains. All right, so... And you're yeah. gonna, oh, but you're going to shit on see, me for Soundgarden? Just yeah, because my guy, guy had the integrity to die, Mark. Yeah. A lot of integrity be laying there rotting with this cat eating him. You know what I mean? All right, Alice in Chains, that's cool. Yeah. Who do you listen to now? Now? Alice in Chains. No. No, I went gay. You did? Yeah. I He's like gay. Uh, yeah. No, that's why I love this guy. Yeah. I just listened to Gabe talk. Yeah. No, I... Uh, <laughs> It's my favorite band. You just call them up and go, do your yeah, act. Yeah, just go. Just, just say what you're thinking. Um, what was I... Well, the easiest way to answer that, what was I listening to today? Oh, Talking Heads. I don't listen to anything now. What's now? Is you're going to let good? him condescend to me about Soundgarden and applaud the Talking Heads. <laughs> you, know what, you know what they did? They the broke talk- up too soon. No, I, yeah. Well, no, they, they delivered a lot of goods. So they, no, they did, I, no, I they, love the Talking Heads. Done. I haven't they listened to them in a long time. And I, I, had a, I remember seeing the movie uh, Stop Making Sense when it came out. Do you remember that, son? And, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I remember, remember when that came out, I shit because I, I was I, two. I, I want to <laughs> be open here because in mm-hmm. the name of transparency, the only memory of I have of that fucking thing is that I spent the day tripping on mushrooms in mm-hmm. Boston. And, like, I was coming down from the trip, and I went on a first date with this woman, Sarah, to see The Talking Heads. It was a midnight movie, and it was our first date, and I didn't tell her I'd been tripping all day. That, but <laughs> Do you that know how many times I've done that? Right, I know. <laughs> but that wasn't the problem. During the movie, I fell asleep and farted. Yes. <laughs> During which song? You get the worst diarrhea from mushrooms. I mean, yeah. you, why you, didn't shit my pants, Gabe? I just farted. <laughs> and I woke myself up version. and I had that moment where I'm like, how loud was that? Did she hear it? And I start kind of dancing. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any good uh, shit you, your pants stories? Uh, yeah, I do. Oh, actually. let's bring it. Well, Let's do the drunk <laughs> shit your pants stories. Well, what's ironic, I, I mean, I was that. a raging alcoholic, but I, I, the, my shit my pants stories, the best ones are dead sober. <laughs> I was. Uh, Those are the best times to shit your pants when you can remember it and enjoy it. Yeah. When you know it's coming and you just don't, you just sit just there not, and go, well, this just, is uh, happening. Yeah, you, <laughs> you just know you're not going to make it. Yeah. I literally was on a roll playing Tiger Woods Golf on my Xbox. And I was going to have the lowest score I'd ever had. Yeah. And the bathroom, the door was open. There was no obstacle. I could have just gone. And uh, I knew that something was happening. And I was like, I can get to the end of the round. And I didn't. And I shit myself on my couch sober playing video games. But guess who shot a 52, motherfucker? <laughs> That's a fucking story of triumph. This is... The other time I shit my pants was... Uh, I did yoga. I, I did yoga. Yoga shit your pants story! 
Do I win something? Yeah, hell yeah. Because uh, usually it's just farting in yoga, but you went all out. Oh, you know, no, you do, no, this is great. You do have commitment. That's so good I, for you. I did yoga, and my body was already like, why did we do that? And then I went, my friend was like, let's go to, um, let's go get barbecue. Let's go to Pies and Thighs, which is in Williamsburg. Yeah. And I was like... Yeah, I just came from yoga. My body's like, let's eat barbecue, right? Sure. My body's yeah. like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And, uh, and so I went and I ate barbecue. And I, th- in the train from Williamsburg to the East Village, I couldn't make it. And I just, oh. yeah. Apparently, you're just so relaxed after yoga. <laughs> I, like I have you- an eating disorder, I think, worse than yours, Mark. Well, I didn't, I- I didn't, we didn't talk about this backstage, but I didn't know you had one. And I have a worse one, I think. Like, what's yours? Uh, Outside of shitting yourself, and I, I don't even consider that to be related. Yeah. Um, my biggest problem uh, is is Ben and Jerry's. I'll mm. eat two pints before Fuck bed. Fuck yeah, man. And uh, I don't do that as much as I used to. No, I, I haven't done it in a couple of weeks. When, when I stopped drinking, that'd be it, man. Because yeah. you, you do, well, well you that's d- what happened. I quit drinking, and then I would eat like thirteen donuts. Yeah, and you justified it. It's like I ain't drinking. I ain't drinking. Yeah, fuck Look that. Who's blah, the, blah, blah. the picture of health? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but do you ever buy? Do you ever buy the one pint and then buy a pint of Hagnos vanilla to cut it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, to extend the more elaborate flavor. Yeah. I need the vanilla to take the edge off of this, but. I'm not going to eat both pints tonight. Right. That, you know, that, that sentence goes in my mind. I, I'll buy two pints and I'll go, I'm not going to eat both of these tonight, but I don't know which one I want. So I'll go home. I'll right. have one bite of each right. and then I'll decide which right. one I want. Yep. And then I, they're both done before I get home. Oh, yeah. What you do know? You know, so what are your fucking flavors, bro? Uh, my favorite is milk and cookies. And then uh, what's... Oh, I like uh, peach cobbler, that one. What? And then I like... <laughs> What's the other one? Are we talking about... Oh, uh, your favorite. What? That's my other favorite. Oh. You don't fucking jam on peanut butter cup where you get to... Oh, go yeah, peanut butter cup is great. Where you dig for the fucking cups, where you're like, fuck it. You know Where's what? the cup? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's like a whole one. It's like a fucking whole cup. I know. It's like, they, how do they stay in business? Oh, fucking awesome. Um, can I get, be honest in the moment? Uh, when you asked me what my favorite Ben and Jerry's yeah. flavors were, and yeah. it's you, yeah. and you're asking... I like uh, froze. Really? Yeah, I got nervous. You thought that like, it, what if I answer this wrong? So, no, because it means so much to me, and it's, it's such a dark secret, and I didn't want to get it wrong, and I did. What, well, <laughs> you, what do you mean? I you still got... can't think of what my favorite one is. I'm free. I'm losing well, it right now. Let's, I hope let's, I don't shit my pants. No, I, I'm willing to go back and erase okay. Peach Cobbler. Thank you. That was, what the? Who said I don't that? Know, I don't know where that came from. That was not me. I think it was a brain fart, and yeah. I think that we can move past it, and let's get into a real right. flavor that, that, that you know, men who like need things real... eat. Right, 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 right. It doesn't sound badass, but it is. The oatmeal raisin cookie yes. one is so yes. fucking... You hear that? That's real emotion. That's real emotion from a very small group, and I'm willing... I'll let you have it. I, I, okay, I can appreciate it. It's so good. I, I, I just generally go with the, the fucking peanut butter cup or the mint cookies because then you get to dig for fucking cookies. Yeah, anything where there's like a prize. Um, I did do Mission to Marzipan a couple times, but I'll do cookies and cream too, but a peanut yeah. butter cup is good. And the, oh, that's a good one. Okay. It's okay. new. It's new. Okay. All right, easy. 
Holy shit, what just no, happened No, I just, here? I'm excited because I didn't think it was going to be good, and then it was so good. Holy fuck, I'm feeling your excitement. Yeah. You're literally filling me with excitement. Well, I didn't bring this up because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about, should we talk about the darkness of why we're like this? No, no, we're having such a good time. Okay. I mean, unless you can navigate the darkness and guarantee me there's funny at the end. Uh, yeah. All right. Where do you want to start? No, I don't. I can't guarantee that. <laughs> you I have just... credits, by the way, Mark. Let's go over those. No, that's boring. No, no, let's do it. I just I feel did bad Jimmy when... Fallon. Okay. He's on television. Woo! Yep. And I have a half-hour special. Okay, on and Comedy Central. I've done Central. two stories on This American Life. Those were good. Yeah. I enjoyed those. Yep. And when I first came in here, I thought you were Ira. I'm not, I, I don't mean that to be mean, but yeah. you're both very handsome. Is he here? You know, silver foxes. Is Ira here? Like, like he would be. I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, he's, a, he's, a, mil- a, he's a millionaire. He's a Like, I wonder if my buddy Ira's around. <laughs> Guess he couldn't make it. You're not friends with him? No, I, I have his, I, you know. I could, oh, do you have like a history that I don't know about? No, I could contact him. But like, you know when you get people's phone numbers that are clearly like, you know, you know, like Ira Glass, and then like, you know, we've talked and he's been on the show and I have his email, but it's sort of like, what am I ever going to do with that? Do you have, like, don't you have phone numbers like that? Like, I have phone numbers in my phone where I'm like, how do I know when it's okay to call that person without being weird? Right. Like, I don't know if it's a self-esteem thing. You know, like, I have have John Hamm's phone number, all right? Whoa. There's part of me that wants to be like, so you want to hang out? How the fuck am I going to do that? (laughs) How the fuck am I going to call John Hamm and go, just wondering if you want to get some Mexican food and not sit there and be like, holy fuck, Don Draper's right there. Yeah. Call him right now. But I don't think I can. But you know what we'll do? What? You know what we'll do? What? You you call him, right? Mm-hmm. And and I'll be like, John, oh, you don't know me, but Mark is very nervous to talk to you. <laughs> and and then we'll he put... thinks he thinks you don't want to hang out. And I really think it would mean a lot to him if you told him how much you want to eat Mexican food in a suit. I can't I can't. I'm not afraid of him, he's five two. Let's relax. Right. I, I just don't. I don't. <laughs> That's what you have to do. Just start shitting on him in your head, and then he's not. I don't a big know deal. him well enough. Name, I couldn't even get my friend Louis to answer the phone. No, no. Look at you guys. All right. Uh, huh? Okay. I'll, ta- I'll I'll text him, and we'll continue text talking. Him. <laughs> text him, and if he, and if he calls, you have to answer. Um. What the fuck am I going to text him? Doing a live show. Miss you. XOXO. I'm being bullied by the audience to call you. You good with that? No, okay, well, let's, why don't we try no, Adam? Say, I'm being bu- Would you settle for Adam Felber? <laughs> <laughs> say I'm being bullied by my audience. WWDD. <laughs> uh, anyways. So All right, I, I could get fine. Al Lubell on the phone in a second. Yeah. And Only probably four people Chris know Cor- about that. Do you have Chris Cornell's number? No. I don't. I don't have his number. I'm trying to think if I have. I don't, I don't really have a very good Rolodex. No, there's no one here. Amy Poehler, but you... Oh, I can get Andy Kindler. I'll call Andy Kindler. You want me to call? All right. <laughs> but, hold on. You what? have to call him because you're, and tell him it's because you're afraid to call the person you really wanted to call. <laughs> All right. All right. Wait, hold on. Let's see. Okay. Let's see if he answers. Ooh, that's good. 
this is Andy. And this is my new cell phone. I mean, you can't tell it's new, but take my word for it. No, don't take my word for it. It's your call. <laughs> <laughs> Are you leaving a message? His voicemail is neurotic. Andy, it's Mark Marin. I just played your message for 400 people at the Bell House in Brooklyn. <laughs> his, his outgoing message just killed harder than his special. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you hung up, right? You yeah, hung I up? did. Okay, good. Julian McCullough, ladies hey. and gentlemen. Oh. All right, we're moving. We're happening. My next guest is a, a wonderful comedy actress. You may have known her from uh, her work on uh, Back in the Day, Exit 57 on Comedy Central. Please welcome Jody Lennon to the stage. And my neighbor, this is Jody Lennon. She lived, she lived downstairs from me in Astoria. And she what? now lives downstairs from Leo Allen. What? Who? Yeah. Huh? Leo I'm Allen. all gangsta on y'all. <laughs> What's going on over there at the apartment? Anything weird? There's tons of weird stuff going on. So much weird shit has happened there when we were there. You know what? Yeah. You moved out, and now everything's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the weird lady in the nun's outfit who jumped off the roof? We had like three people who committed suicide while you were living there, and now people are like having babies and growing vegetables. Is that woman who talks like this still alive? The walking cigarette? <laughs> she is still alive. It's shocking. Okay, let me just explain to you. Jody and I lived in this fucking apartment that was owned by this guy who was a Dominican dentist, all right? The reason we call him the Dominican dentist is that's all he fucking said. He would say, I'm a Dominican dentist. And he, and he, he worked out way too much, and he was like about this tall, but he was about this wide, yeah, and he, he had no neck, okay? He was like four feet by four feet. Right. And he would sometimes dye his hair colors, okay? No. He, it was amazing. It was like a disguise kit. Like, he would have, like, a Caesar cut one day and then, like, a mullet the next day and, like, blonde, curly locks, yeah. Goldilocks the next yeah. day. Yeah, it was crazy, and he knew nothing about owning or managing an apartment. He just kept talking about how he made money in the Dominican Republic, but now he couldn't be a dentist here until he went back to dentist school, which he did and eventually opened an office in the building. But I remember the day... Underneath my apartment. <laughs> and P.S. I got cancer. Uh, 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 I got cancer. Yeah. And I wondered if it was from the dentist. Like, you know, he was doing x-rays and stuff uh -huh. below us. Did you ever ask him? No, should I? <laughs> Is that something I could go to the city with? Like, I don't know. We're a very protected... You... New York City, you know, all those... Rent renters are very protected. 
In case you didn't know, I'm here for a one-on-one on how we're all protected rent-wise. Well, let's talk but, about the cancer because, like, I remember when you had cancer, and and then and you told me you're like, I have cancer, and I of course went, oh, well, I g- good luck. I I don't I, I don't know how I handled it, but I tried to handle it well. You handled it really well, oh, and good. I heard about your hour-long mouth cancer scare. And, um, and how you had cancer and beat it in an hour. Yeah. Congratulations to you. Wow. I uh, had it for two years. And a year later, I'm cancer-free. So good for me. Woo! Um, but, like, I... Um, I'm married. You know yeah. Stoli, Stoli's my are, awesome are, husband. They're a very cute couple. Um, he plays guitar. Yeah. yeah. And we're like the successful relationship in our building. I yeah. went through two with this one. <laughs> you know, uh, two marriages. <laughs> oh, and then God. some... And cats. She helped me trap the original cats. Oh, okay. We'll get back to that. But, um, yeah, so Stoli and I, like, I used to do this thing with Stoli, you know, as one does. They they screw around with a relationship and I used to like pretend I was going to die. I was dead Yeah. to see how he would react. Like I would like wade in the bathtub <laughs> and then, you know, like lovers do, they check in and say like, how's it going in the bathtub? And like, I'd be floating dead <laughs> yeah. to see how he'd react. Yeah. And how did he react? He'd be like, oh, are you okay? But I was like the... <laughs> and then I would, I took it to the living room. Yeah. And I'd like lay, legs akimbo, <laughs> ass exposed. <laughs> and like just be dead on the floor in the living room. Be like, oh my God. The apartment's been ransacked. <laughs> and she's been ass raped. <laughs> And she's dead. She's not moving. He was saying this out loud? <laughs> yeah. Like a, like a, I could hear inside his brain what was happening. <laughs> and oh, let me see how my wife is doing. <laughs> and then I'd be like, oh, I'm fucking around. Did you think I was dead? And so, like, I was the kid who cried wolf. And then I got cancer. <laughs> yeah. And I had to call him and say, like, I've got cancer. <laughs> He's like, oh, fuck you. You're fucking around. <laughs> and I'm like, no, seriously, I have cancer. I have cancer. I'm at the doctor. I have cancer. I've been yeah. diagnosed. It's scary. But um, the second I got chemo, because I was, like, sick for so long, the second I got chemo, I, like, felt like a new person. <laughs> like, I was, like, awesome on chemo. You liked it? And, yeah, I Did loved it. Did you lose it. all your hair because I, was, I wasn't like, here? Juice me up. Yeah. Yeah. I was bald. And I was one of those people who listened to your podcast. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm the cancer person who listens to your podcast because you have lots of those, <laughs> right? And because you, I have people in different phases of trouble. <laughs> that you try to find stuff that's not going to be like people are like, oh, are you checking out Breaking Bad and like or the C word or Brian's song or whatever? Like, I'm like, no, I want to. I'm like, I'm watching HGTV's International Homes and listening to your podcast and it totally took me to another place and oh. it, it, it was so it, I helped you cured me of cancer <laughs> <laughs> it was my pleasure Jody it was my pleasure to do that 
And I am happy I was able to be there for you because I, I don't know what, what, if I was your neighbor. But, but I, when I saw you, you were always very chipper about it. And I think that must have had something to do with it. Do you believe that your state of mind had anything to do with it? It seems like I'm a chipper person, right? Well, no, but when you were in it, you were like, you were still sort of like completely, you know, hopeful. You weren't drained or like in a dark place. Like no. I'm fucked or Seriously, anything like that. Seriously, chemo felt awesome because I was sick for so long. Like, but did you have it a long time and not know you had yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. I you was were, like you weren't diagnosed? diagnosed for a really long time. Like I was walking around and like, I'm sick. I'm tired. I was like a fainting goat. I remember you goat. thought you were anemic. Yes. I was a fainting goat. I was taking naps all the time. I'm like, this is getting older. This is what it's about. <laughs> and you were like, like 35. I'm like, oh, I'm going to take a nap here. Like, seriously, <laughs> if I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I just thought it was like getting older. I can't older. get up. That must mean I'm 33. <laughs> I'm like, I'm 80 pounds and I need to take a nap everywhere. <laughs> Which is the opposite of you because I heard you like thought you had cancer like no matter what. Like, Quickly, you thought you had cancer. Well, I looked at my mouth, and there were things in my mouth, and yeah. I, you know, it yeah. felt like the right place to go for me. I'm the opposite. I was like, uh, I, I'm not sick. Yeah. I was talking my doctors out of it. Yeah. I, oh, really? Yeah. They I had was the like, test no. in front of you. Like, like, that's like, a, no, no. That's no. a bad doctor, by the way. You're like, it's <laughs> not. not cancer. He's like, all right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like, I have a really fast metabolism. It's okay that I weigh 80 pounds, <laughs> and I'm exhausted. What kind of all cancer was it? It was Hodgkin's, which I know everybody knows is like the non-cancer cancer, and it's like, but I don't it's think like, knows. It yeah, really everybody truly... just went, oh, fucking yeah. Hodgkin's, yeah. right? Fucking these fucking hipsters. Yeah. That's yeah. bullshit. I thought she had real cancer. Was, well, Michael C. Hall had that, which was also a reason I didn't want want to watch like Dexter. Like yeah. I didn't want to watch anything. Basically, I listened to your podcast and I watched HGTV. And you're better. And yeah. that's great to know. Thank you. But um, can we just talk about uh, how we found your cats? Yeah, okay, Because we'll it's do so that. crazy. Okay, because uh, you got to refresh my memory. In my memory, I was the hero and there was no one else involved. Okay, <laughs> I was involved. It was the Republican National Convention. Squash, he knows nothing. Yeah. Um, but it was the Republican National Convention. And I was doing is, morning radio, so I was sleep-deprived and was yeah, fucking crazy. It, and the Repu- we were going to the cover it, the Republican, the night before. Yeah. And yeah. you were like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. And it was like 2004. Yeah. And that was the big yeah. um, Republican National Convention. We were Convention. fighting the good fight. Yes. Yeah. And um, so there were those feral cats behind our building near the five, garbage cans. Five of the little ones and yes. the mother. Yeah. And I was painting my bathroom. Yeah. Um, listening to the radio, Air America, of mm-hmm. course, and um, you came knocking at the door, and you're like, do you want to catch these feral cats that are near the garbage cans? And I go, yes. <laughs> and um, then you go, okay, I'll be right back. And you come back down, and you had a box, like a piece of bluefish, and a, a hawk glove. <laughs> so... We put the box, the open box, the piece of bluefish in the box, and then we leave it, and he has the hawk glove. And we watch from the window, and like two feral cats go in. And then he comes out, and he's like, oh, it's like the most masculine I've ever seen you. <laughs> and you're like, oh, like, hawk glove. Yeah. And you close up the box, and then we take him up to your apartment, 
And then immediately it's like releasing squirrels. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. In your apartment. It They're was like, horrible. Ah! They, they ran. They, one went behind your stove. Yeah, yeah. One tried one, to get out the window. Yeah, behind like the screen. Yeah. And, like jumping. <laughs> and it was crazy. Yeah, it was fucking nuts. And so I go, okay, I'll see you later. And then I went down to the apartment. I start painting again. And then you knock again. You're like, you want to get the other three? <laughs> And then I go, yeah. And so then we do the same thing. We get the other cats. Yeah, there were two more. And one I didn't yeah, get. We, yeah, two. You didn't get one. Yeah, I didn't get one. Who I had knows enough. What happened to that other yeah, one? I don't know. So we got the other yeah. two. Yeah. And they were released Fucking into nuts. your apartment. Right. Fucking nuts. I know. And so we get those, and we release them. Yeah, in the apartment. And then I just, like, basically said, see you later. Oh, my God. And then your apartment became like a uh, human. It was just like a cat box. <laughs> right, but then those, like, I started talking about on the radio, and all those cat people started giving me cages and stuff. Yeah. And I was separating them, and I had, like, two cat cages. And then these cats would, like, I tried to let them out, and I tried to make them like me, and they wouldn't like me, and it upset me. But then I just got to the point where, like, they wouldn't leave the house. Like, I could no longer get them out, like, because they were in, and they were afraid to go out. So then I just had to be like, I'm just closing my bedroom door, and we'll see what happens. They fucked up my whole house. Do you remember they that? They fucked up your whole house. They ripped house. up every piece of furniture I yes. had. It was almost like they would all be hiding. I'd go to bed, and it was like a cat fucking party. Yeah. Like, and, I, and then I opened the door, and they'd all be gone, and then the couch would be gutted. Yeah. It was well, a mess. I, I still have, I have two of them still. Monkey and LaFonda. Good for you. Jody Lennon, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, shit. I don't mean to interrupt again, but I just want to plug myself. I, I, I would be remiss if I did not. I will be at the Punchline in San Francisco this week, November 2nd through the 5th. That's Wednesday through Saturday. You, you can go get tickets wherever you get tickets for the Punchline. I'll be in Seattle at the Neptune Theater November 25th. That's going to be a big show. Please come to that show. And look, I'm going to do this for Jody Lennon, uh, who you just heard on this show that you're listening to right now, uh, her screening in Chicago uh, of the, the documentary I was in, which is The Voice of Something. It's her, it's her short doc that she made of me the week after 9-11. It's going to be screening at the Annoyance Theater in Chicago, November 8th and 9th. You can go to jodylennon.com for information on that. That's J-O-D-I-L-E-N-N-O-N if you want to see that film. Okay, back to the show. Sorry, sorry. Is Scott back there? Oh, he is. This is very exciting. From 30 Rock, Scott Adsit, ladies and gentlemen. I think. Oh, God. How are you? You're from television. Hi. That's nice to see you. Thank you. Yeah, it, you, yeah, I never have had anyone come from that side. I was at the bar. Oh, I see. So you didn't know you were coming up. I didn't know. I didn't know uh, what the order was. I just oh. I got here late. Oh, was, okay. Well, we knew that was going to happen. Yeah. And you have a beard, and you look different. And this is the first time I've met you, and it's very exciting to see your the texture of your face and yeah. to see who you are. I'm three dimensional. What do you think of? Uh, I like all of it. Yeah. I like all of it, and you keep the baldness even off the show. That is a character choice. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> that's what I was wondering. I play a loser, a bald loser on TV, yeah. and um, I really had to make that decision. <laughs> Um, because when I got there, they said, you're too attractive. Uh, we need you to get a little doughier and shave your head every day. Yeah. And you just stuck with it. 
I think I look more attractive this way. Yeah, I do. I think you look great. Now, can I ask you a general question? Because yes. I've, I've, you know, I've, I've been on the outskirts of show business for the long, for a long time. Who are you again? I'm, I'm Mark Maron. Okay. My show, yeah. And um, where did you come from? Um, well, funny you should mention that. Uh, I came from uh, a vagina that's right over there. Your mother's here. My mother's here. <laughs> With my sister and my nephew, Alex, who is uh, going to be 15 in October. Oh, my God. Look what you made. That's amazing. So you got the whole family? I think it's great that they're all here to find out everyone's different terms for cock. Yeah. Where do you stand on that? Ah, well, I agree with Alex in saying that uh, I think cock is a stronger word to use. I think that's, that says power. That's yeah. brief and tough. It's like a punch. Yeah. And dick. Yeah, that's gay. Yeah. yeah. Dick is, is what flops around when you do jumping jacks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> So, are you somewhere in the middle? I mean, or do, do, which one do you... Do, how do you refer to what you have? I, I think... And I think my mom will agree with this, too. <laughs> that a, a cock is an erect penis, mm-hmm. and a dick is a flaccid penis. Okay. Can, uh, mom, can we get agreement on that? Or Okay. She said absolutely. I feel uncomfortable with that. Is your, uh, your mom must be very proud of you because, I mean, were you... Because I didn't know a lot of your work before and you're great on the show and, uh, and you're very funny and you seem to be at an age where I have to assume you've been doing this a while. I have. I've, I worked in Chicago theater for a long time and uh, eventually got a job at Second City um, where I was suddenly termed a comedian, which I never really considered myself. And uh-huh. uh, I, I worked there and that was a, one of the two, like paying gigs in Chicago as, a, as an actor. So did you I, know each other? She was in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we knew each other. Did you do improv together and stuff? A couple times, but not very often. I feel like this is the first time I've looked you in the eyes. <laughs> that's because I'm not a very good improviser. <laughs> oh, no! No, that's a lie. He's a great improviser. You're supposed to always say yes. <laughs> I, I think I'm supposed to say yes and... <laughs> Uh, we knew each other. We were in certain circles. But Jody was very hip. Oh, back in, back in the day, oh, she still is. And uh, and I don't know. I think you were you were like one of the cool kids, and I felt like less cool. So wait, what determined whether or not an improvising click was cool or not cool? Like, what did one like just do? <laughs> I'm just trying to figure That's out. That's really cool you're talking happened. tallest midget now. I think. <laughs> I think. I, I was hoping that didn't come out in my tone. But <laughs> <laughs> so there were actually cool improvisers that were like, man, they're using shit no one's ever heard of. They said cock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got real cool dicks. <laughs> so how, do, do, you, do so you feel like you, were, like you were rescued? From what? Obscurity? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was a... Uh, I'll tell you, I was a, a local hero. You were in okay. Chicago, okay. I think. I think. And uh, so everyone. So these people. That my mother was your, agrees. That was your mother. Yeah. And um, and uh, I I worked with uh, Tina Fey. Yeah. And Rachel Drash and Adam McKay on stage. Oh, so you were in that crew. I was, that I sounds like a pretty people. fucking hip crew. I I hooked up with people who became very successful and right. could hire me, which I suggest. <laughs> um, 
And, uh, and Tina, Tina left our show to go write for SNL, and she was like, you know, the, the kid writer who then, like, what was the attitude a year there? and a half later, she was the head writer. But was there a moment where, like, when she left, you were like, you know, sell out or anything like that? Or were you well, all... anger? Yeah. No, no. Everybody. <laughs> that would be the other second word city, for it. See, it's not. <laughs> yeah. we, we're all pulling for each other. Oh, second city. Really? It's very ensemble. See, did you it hear used that? To be that way, though. Oh, did you hear that, Julian? That's a lie. No. But comics don't do that exactly. shit. I mean, no. it, it's. it's you know, we're, well, see, we're, we're. Second City, I believe, is a. Uh, is an ensemble. It's, we train to, to support like each other. Like each other and be supportive. Yeah. We, we should do that. I, well, <laughs> I always say comics don't have friends. We just have guys we don't begrudge their success. Yeah. But you guys all were very excited for her. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's, and I'm, not tr- I'm really not trying to be condescending. I just, because I try to project my own self onto someone else. You, and, and you, I could never take anything you say as condescension. <laughs> 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 All right. For those anyway, of you just so, listening so you're to like, the podcast, that right. was so a you're very this long nobody take. that um, that is in Chicago. <laughs> so I, I I was in Chicago, and then I was hired by Barry Levinson to write a, a pilot for him uh, with uh, Stephen Colbert and my my still my writing partner Dino Stamatopoulos. You wrote? With, oh, so you did? That's right. You did moral oral. Right, and we're doing Frankenhole now. But you. You're kidding me, really? I've had Dino on my show. I've known Dino for years. Yeah. I don't know that we've ever met each other, but Dino is, is definitely you know, pushing the envelope on a lot of levels. Yeah. And you seem to be pretty on this level. <laughs> I mean, we I don't very, know you we well. We are very close friends, and we are opposites, yeah. Okay, so that works out. Do you find yourself you know, trying, you know, like, Dino, sit down, stop it, put the Coke spoon down, wait, don't... <laughs> Unbondage yourself. Why are we... Uh, He's cool with this. We talked about it on the show. He, he, no, I mean, I, I respect him so much creatively, and we spent so much time when we were absolutely stone broke just wandering around Chicago, and, uh, like, we would... Uh, he, had a, he had an apartment with a mattress and a computer and a bag of Orida fries in the freezer. <laughs> That was it. And so we would spend, you know, a few hours in his place writing or, or uh, composing or whatever. And then we'd go out on the street. He had, a, he had a guitar, too. And we would wander to alfresco restaurants uh, and, and, and pretend like we worked at the restaurant and say, would you like to hear a song? And then uh, they would say, sure, any requests. And they would say, like, you know, uh, you know MacArthur Park. And, uh, and then we would sing a song that we wrote. <laughs> <laughs> and there would be this moment in the first few seconds where they realize we're not uh, singing the right song, and then they'd look confused, and then they'd get that we were doing something funny, and then it would last too long, <laughs> and then we'd wait for a tip. And, uh, and you wouldn't leave until they gave you one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were terrorizing people. We would just start another song. <laughs> and when you, like, when you write with him, I mean, because, I mean, how much time do you spend doing, shooting the show? Uh, which one? Uh, for 30 Rock. 30 Rock. Um, it's uh, like nine months of shooting. And, and I that's don't... A, like a lot of shooting. I mean, that's a complicated show, right? Yeah, it's a single camera thing. It's like shooting a movie every mm-hmm. week. Right. And when you work with Dino, what do you take a, like a week or two off and you lock yourself up? Or how does that work? Well, Dino's in California. So, yeah. so now I'm kind of removed. I'll, I'll write something at my place and send it to him. And he'll rewrite it and send it to me. And I'll rewrite that and send it to him. Um, and... Uh, 
I'm, on Frankenhall, I'm working a lot less closely on the uh, production end of it, cause it's just because I'm not in town. Right. With oral, we were just like just eating, drinking, shitting it. <laughs> Getting into it. Yeah. Now, when you do 30 Rock, another question that I have, I don't know why I felt like I needed to say that. Um, you guys have become like this well-oiled machine. I mean, on, the timing is fucking you know, amazing. Now, 30 is, Rock? It, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, like, on 30 Rock, do you... Do you oh, okay. Do you, uh, is there any improvising or? Um, well, I'll tell you, the writers are the stars of that show, to yeah. tell you the truth. And uh, when they, we get the scripts, they're beautiful, and, and we kind of do a table read where the, every, the staff and the production crew and the executives get to hear it out loud, and the writers especially get to hear it out loud. And then they will see what worked and what didn't, and then go rewrite. And then we've got this perfect little gift of a, of a script that we don't really need to play with because right. it's... It's, it's a very, very writerly show. Right. Um, the jokes are very precise. They're like lasers. 30 Rock. No. What are we talking about? 30 Rock. Okay. Um, and, uh, and so we'll change the way we get into a scene or the way we get out of a scene. Right. Maybe. But then, and, then, and we'll have a great time kind of like saying, playing with the end of a scene. Yeah. Where, you know, Tina and I think of some funny joke or whatever, and then it's just edited out. Because they, they, write, they write more than we need. Right. And so there's all these amazing jokes and concepts, and we read it, and it, it's, the shooting script is like 45 minutes long. The writers know how to write for all of us, and, yeah. as, and Tina especially knows how to write for Alec and find the voice of Jack Donaghy uh, and found it so quickly. And he then takes that, which reads so funny when you know, uh, the writers are reading it to each other. He takes that, and he gives it a spin that is original. That's yeah. the thing about it. Yeah. Um, is I've never seen that character before, and, yeah. and it's all in the, his pauses. You know, he's yeah. genius. <laughs> yeah. I was just laughing. Is this, thir- about is this Thirty Rock? It. Yeah, we're talking about okay. Thirty Rock. I was talking about Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I am. Uh, I am thrilled for your success, and, and I love watching the show. And you're great on it. Thank you very much, Scott Atzu, ladies and gentlemen. Can we move down? Can you hang out? Oh, cool. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome from Weekend Update on SNL, Seth Meyers. Were you all right back there? Were you okay? Thank Seth you. Seth Meyers is here. Uh, it's great to be here. Thank you. It's so exciting to see a space that you've only heard on a podcast. It's great space, isn't it's it? It's a great space. You it's, just, it's like quiet and everyone's excited. No, it's excellent. I'm very excited about Holy it. Holy shit. It's nice to see you. It's great to be here. I'm so glad we made this work. I am too. All right. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I, <laughs> I made it very clear I would only appear. <laughs> I did not want to speak. Briefly. Yeah. Did you I, guys know each other? I did. Well, I knew of we Scott more talk. than we knew. We know oh, each other better now. Scott was as... You knew of him? Yeah, well, I used to see him at Second City. And he so was, he was like, he was an important... He was like, a legend. I'm not going to... I mean, I don't want to speak too highly. Was is the operative there. I, and I, what, most importantly, I don't want it to work against... I don't want it to count against my time, talking about how great Scott was in Chicago. <laughs> but 
When I, I went to Northwestern and was an improviser, and we used to see, I, when I finished school, we'd see Scott, and he was as yeah. good as, he, good an improviser I've ever seen, and currently see. Did you start, you, you started doing theater at Northwestern? I did improv at Northwestern. I was a film major. I wasn't a theater major. Because oddly, there's a, a TA who was a, in one, is Tim Anderson here? Tim? Now, Tim, <laughs> what, did, what, did, you were a TA for, uh, for Seth? Just once? In what, in what class? A what class? Chuck Kleinhands. Okay, yeah. I mean, again, I was... <laughs> I, you were embarrassed because he asked me, do you remember your TA? And yeah. like before he said Tim Anderson, I was like, there's yeah. no way I'm going to remember. <laughs> it could be any name. I was a terrible student. I was a terrible student. This is I like remember the wor- you. <laughs> yeah. It's like the worst version of This Is Your Life ever. I know. Do you remember this guy? A like, lot I, of setup. Yeah. A lot know. of setup, and you're still like, no. Yeah, you got nothing. I, if I have to be honest, I don't. Yeah. So you were shitty in college? I was just like, uh, I just wasn't a great student. Yeah, and yeah. what did you study, though? Radio, TV, film. Oh, really? The first thing was like, I wanted to make movies, and then you show up and you realize like how much of movies is like science. Like how much of it is like... <laughs> oh, this is like work. Yeah, it's work. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, how much of it is lighting? And it's yeah. just like, you're like, this sucks. When do I get to go cut? Yeah, no. Yeah. And even then, I also was like... I mean, I went to college from 92 to 96, so we like actually cut film on like like we were like the last era before digital yeah it was the worst it was like while we were like learning how to use the machines they were like throwing them away <laughs> so it was though i truly believe it's the worst i went to the college at the worst time because it was like after aids but before the internet <laughs> it's literally the worst it's the most sexually frustrated it's no wonder like we listen to grunge <laughs> And tied shirts around our waist. (laughs) There's nothing else to do. It was like, oh, were you doing cocaine? No, that was out of vogue. (laughs) We were smoking weed without the internet. You had to like have find friends with like fun VHS tapes. It sucked. Oh, were you in New York or LA? No, I was in the Midwest. Yeah, it was bad. Where'd you? But you, did you grow up there? No, I grew up in New Hampshire. Uh, oh, that's but I was nice. born there. My parents actually met and, and fell in love in Northwestern, and then I grew up in New England, and then I ended up going to school there. New oh, New England, dude. Southern so, New Hampshire. Yeah. So my dad worked in Boston for like twenty five years. Oh, did you? Do you ever go back to Boston? I do, but it's I think of like I'm a fan of Boston sports, but right. I don't know anything about Boston. Like, right. like I'm going to Boston. Where should I go? I'm like I have no idea. Like I only went to like Fenway Park. That's yeah. the only place I, ever I went. went to school there, and I never go back. I don't know why. Yeah. I just can't go back it's there. It's not. I, just... I will say it's not a. I mean, again, and like I think New England people would admit to this. It's not a warm place to go back to. <laughs> Like, I go back to Chicago, where I'm not, I'm, like, technically from, but don't consider I grew up, and, like, people there are, like, real nice. Yeah. But, like, in New England, you get that less. Yeah, there's some, there's some sort of, like, there's some type of towny there. Yeah, that's, everywhere. Yeah, it's, and it's a little difficult to sort of, you're not even sure you want them to like you. Right. And I come from, like, sub, uh, suburbia New England, and yeah. there's still a kind of towny there. Yeah, yeah. Who's like, oh, I guess you had to leave, huh? Like, you're like, yeah, I did, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Now, what is it about Chicago? Because you know, there's three people, and I talk to a lot of people. Like, why, why is <laughs> like Chicago is like redefined comedy? I mean, Chicago is where it all comes from. Yes, now. yes, it, yes. Chicago has redefined comedy. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you just attribute that to? It's all about Second City, or I or think what? Second City was like the 
sun that all the other like planet theaters rotated right. around. I think because there was Second City, there were like too many people to work at Second City, so other theaters popped up. Yeah, and that used to be the case. Then Second City started uh, franchising and opening up in Cleveland and Detroit and trying. Did to you have to do those runs though? Did you do like the the road shows for Second I would, City? I toured. Um, and did the best of Second City on the road to colleges and clubs and things like that. And, uh, and that was great education and all that. But that was, before, that was before they had other franchises across the country. And in, so in those days, people would come from all over the country to, to Mecca. To do that, to right. right. And, then, and then they started having little, you know, Mecca juniors all over the place. And people would go to those and stay near home. And so... It kind of like I think I think it's kind of like uh, become watered down. It has spread out, and now they they have like cruise ship. Like yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Like Second City has like they like. But staff. that's not a sweet gig. I mean, no, there, is there people? Sweet gig financially, which is the worst kind of sweet gig. Yeah. Because like yeah. it pays better than being in Chicago. But I know, like, but you got to be on a boat and you know yeah. doing the know, improv games on the boat. Yeah. For old people. But they people do like one show a week. I feel like it's. I just talked to a guy who uh, is on a ship, and he is doing I think seven shows a week, and one wow. of them one of them is the best of Second City. Two of them are he called what he called scriptless shows. Great. Uh, which are. <laughs> Improvised, which, which means games, like whose line is it anyway? Yeah. And then... Uh, See, but what's a good kind and, of improv, and, but then though? They do, but then they do uh, uh, a mystery night. No. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, like a Tony That's and a Tina's Who Killed Tony and Tina. <laughs> That's a nightmare. Yes. I love this, like yeah. three improvisers going, oh, not that. With that said, like, I understand, a, like, I was in Chicago, like, as a non-working improviser. I could understand a boat having an allure. Like, I mean, like, it is like, you will pay you and you'll get to see the world. Like, I don't want to, like... See say, the world, but what if you do a shitty night show? Then you got to wake up and, like, hey, there's your audience, you know, wandering around the boat. <laughs> you see them at the buffet line. Like, I, don't, I don't think anyone, like, cares about the judgment of cruise ship people, do they? <laughs> Maybe they do. I my don't my dis- mom goes on a lot of cruises. So you never did much of that, that road shit then? Not as an improv. I mean, I... Well, I went on the... I, so I finished Northwestern, and then some Chicago guys started a theater in Amsterdam called Boom Chicago. Oh, really? Which was like a second city-ish type show in Amsterdam. So I lived in Amsterdam for two years right after college. Really? Yeah. How was that? It was the best. It's like... It was the best life can ever be. <laughs> like, I'm very aware that, like, things are good now, but I, like, miss those days. Like, when you're being nostalgic, you're sitting in Amsterdam? I'm sitting in Amsterdam. Is that what? a replacement for your college debauchery? No, Chicago, college was, I was debaucherous in college, and then, like, Amsterdam was just, like, an awesome time to just, like, I felt like it was, like, a time before life started. Yeah. Like, once I came back here, my life started, and I started to have all those fears. But I had two years in Amsterdam where, like, I felt like all the corners were, like, Childproofed, <laughs> like <laughs> I, it, like I couldn't break my head open on anything, and uh, it was awesome. And it was uh, I went out there with great people, and I'd never been, I'd never had a passport before I got that job, and I got to travel, and I really liked it. And now you're uh, now you got the job. Yeah, it's a good I job. I love it. How'd you start over there? How'd that happen? What I was came your back first from Amsterdam. Meet? I was doing a two-person yeah. show in Chicago, and I got lucky that somebody saw it. And so I auditioned. I sent in an audition tape. Six months later, I sent in another audition tape. Like two months after that, I actually came in and did the audition, and I got hired. And, and how was that first meeting with Lauren? It was, uh, it was crazy, because I was in L.A. at the time. He, they flew out, and I met with Lauren. And I remember <laughs> Lauren saying to me, because, again, like the crazy thing about meeting Lauren is you know you have so much you have so many feelings about Lauren, and he has a million of these meetings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 
for you, it's like this. Here's crazy. another clown. Yeah. Yeah. Like you feel like you feel like your muscles. Yeah. You feel like oh, I don't usually do this mm. with my hand. Why is my hand on this knee? <laughs> yeah. And he's just like yes. Hey, look at him squirm. But I remember him saying. Uh, like he was, this is after I auditioned. He was like, do you think you can live in New York? And I remember thinking, who blows it at this point? Like, <laughs> like who says, oh, is it in New York? <laughs> well, I would, I would need to think about it if it's in New York. Uh, but I've realized years later that like, like it's kind of, you know, after you audition and go through that, like it's kind of like, he just kind of wants to like personality vet you a little bit and see if you're, because he does, you know, I think live by that thing of like, you know, you don't, you want somebody you're cool with working with. So, so oh, so really, it's it's a matter of whether or not he can jive with. I think him. if he's already decided. I mean, I realize now that he had decided, like, oh, this guy is. I want this guy to work here, and like, let's just make sure. Let's talk to him for twenty minutes before we. Yeah, I have job. a friend who who uh, did extremely well. She, a great improviser, great character actress, and blew it at dinner because she was a little crazy. With Lauren, she went to dinner with... The... Yeah, she felt comfortable enough to be herself. Yeah. I find that never works. Yeah. Unless you're in your garage doing a podcast. And... Yeah. <laughs> I was like being the sim version of myself. <laughs> like, I was like, like, what? Like, I was like, felt like I was inside myself controlling the robot version of myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, but how do you fuck that? Like, you mean she went like, come on, this is SNL. I feel thing, like I heard this story. She offered to... I uh, I heard someone. I don't know the same story. We'll talk later. I heard this story about somebody. Being Wait, okay. like cock or dick has to be the punchline of yeah. this, right? Oh, so you so you both know who you're talking about. She I don't okay? know. If, uh, is she yeah, good now? So, yeah, but I don't know. I, we, later, we never. I want to stress. We we could very diff, very possibly be talking about. Now people. now you get along with them now. See, I'm sort of fascinated yeah, with yeah, it because yeah. I went through a series of meetings. I don't need to talk about it again. Obviously, I right. I'm not you know on the show, so. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the now on set, I've had Hader and Armisen sitting right here. Right. And wow, really? No, really? Yeah, they were right here. <laughs> These, like, you know, wow. like, we came on the wrong night. We've yeah, yeah. arrived. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, they both have this dynamic with him that that seems very specific. And, yeah. and do you have one of those? I do. I think I have a different. I mean, I, I obviously listen to that. I feel like I have a different. Dynamic. I, he is so delighted when people work on the show. Like I think he loves. You mean that. like actually do work or no? Like when it like when the audience it, goes for oh. them. Like I think his joy and okay. like Fred and Hater is right. like as much a joy as he could have for like. I mean, obviously he has children. He's proud of them. But he, his no, he is. I don't want to say like he's as proud of them as he is of his kids. Are they okay? They're great. Okay. Yeah. Um, How old are they now? Uh, I want to say they're somewhere between like. 18 and 13 wow. or 20 and 13 yeah. one of them's in college uh-huh. um, I felt like I feel bad that I brought up his kids but I was about right. to say I feel like he couldn't be more proud of, right. of sure. Fred and Billy is I, you know we, I've had a longer path with him and a weirder did path. you start as a writer I started as a cast member okay at which point <laughs> I felt instantly miscast yeah I was like oh they've made a, ch- a crazy mistake <laughs> Um, but I wrote a lot as a cast member and I wrote a lot for other people. And so, uh, when Tina left, they made me, or the Tina's last year, they made me a writing supervisor. And then when Tina left, uh, they promoted me to head writer with Andrew Steele. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, your audition for Lauren. Yeah. What was your impression or impressions? My impressions were, this dates me for, to my 2001 audition, but I did Hugh Grant. 
Uh, Russell Crowe and David Arquette. Yeah. And I wasn't, when they called me, they were like... Can you still do David Arquette? I can't. I really can't. I do remember it was about when he used to do those like 1-800-CALL-ATT ads. It was more like a parody of those ads. But they were like, just do your impressions and characters, of which I had none. Yeah. Like, I have very, very little range as a performer. What was your Russell Crowe like? My Russell Crowe was him hosting a talk show, which we then mounted as a sketch. And this is what I realized, which is doing impressions on SNL, which is like, Lauren, I feel like, has a very... He has a sense of integrity about it, which is like literally my head is half the size of Russell Crowe's head. <laughs> like there's no amount of like makeup you can put on me that I'm a believable Russell Crowe. And I felt like I had the voice and stuff and it wasn't a bad sketch. And he was like, you're, ti- you're a tiny person compared <laughs> to Russell Crowe. And I just have a small head yeah. and you can't do impressions of people <laughs> with big heads. <laughs> when, when did that become the... the- Convention on SNL to it was, yeah. was that I like th- the 80s? Like? I think it must have been the 80s, yeah. I mean, when we... What, to do impressions or makeup? Well, like, or? the fact that, like, Aykroyd used to do Jimmy Carter with a mustache is, like, right. what we always bring up. Well, yeah, and when like, did they start, you know, because he asked, I think it was Armisen, his big uh, audition question was, will you wear a wig? Well, that, he's, I think that's, like, a thing he says. I think that's just, like, filler. Because yeah. he said to me, that same meeting, he was like, we're going to, obviously, we're going to want to get you in some wigs and see how they look. <laughs> And so I kept waiting for this, like, wig level <laughs> that never happened. And he, I've heard him. I've been in rooms now where he's talked to new people and he's, like, talked about the wigs. <laughs> and I've never, I've never been there for when no it's one's like, ever been... bring in the wigs. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, but I don't know when it happened. But there are, I mean, and with, with that said, like, there are times where people have, like, a really, they have the voice down, and then you see him, and you're like, ah, you just don't look anything like him. Do you, what's your, what was your favorite uh, one to do? I didn't enjoy any of them. Okay. I hated, I hated, I felt so, I didn't feel out of my comfort zone, but I always felt like I was the worst at it of everybody I worked with. It, like, did, did you feel other people were thinking that, or did you... I mean, I, I think we all do that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, we're, the great thing is, like, even when we're not being egomaniacs, we're, we are egomaniacs because we assume everybody's thinking what we think. Yeah. Like, we think we're right enough in our thoughts to yeah. assume that, like, well, anyone who's not a dummy <laughs> will also assume I'm terrible. <laughs> uh, so I always, like, took it to that level. <laughs> you, you, went, you ran with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I always felt like I, that was, like, a real freedom for me when I, I sort of, like, became more on the writing staff as I finally felt like I was at least in, like, the top third of the people who were trying to How do How much that. of your update do you write? Um, probably, like, a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone knows it right for you. Are you comfortable with that we gig? Have, yeah. We have three writers who are amazing who mostly do that. And then, um, I mean, anytime I do sort of like a run or anything like that. Who are you guys, Mulaney? Uh, no, Mulaney, Mulaney writes a ton of features, but yeah. Bays, Alex Bays, who's uh, uh, great, and uh, Doug Abels and Jessica Conrad. Wow. And yeah. now, okay, so let's just talk about the correspondence sitter. Okay. So you got to do this gig. Yeah. You're doing the, basically a stand-up gig yeah. for the president. Yeah. Holy shit. So yeah. now when you got that gig, you did great. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. I... I can't even imagine the, the type of pressure that, like, was there a point where you're like, holy fuck, I got it. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it was awful. The whole, <laughs> all of it was awful. Like, so the you whole, got the gig and you're like, I don't want I it. spent like a month thinking about whether or not I wanted to take the gig. Like for mostly just because I, I felt like it was almost like presumptuous to do it. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's a gig where, 
you know, Alex, but same people I mentioned, you know, Mulaney was a huge help. Neil Brandon was a huge help. Other guys were a huge help. Didn't Judd write a couple for you? Uh, no, I think Judd wrote oh, a couple for Obama. Obama. Oh, shit. Sort of the best Obama stuff. Yeah. But we got together. We I got lucky because we had three weeks off before that. So it was sort of the Saturday at the end of three weeks off from SNL. And we got together like four times and would read jokes and talk about what we needed, we felt more of, and then we'd write more and more. And even the day of, we were working on it. And I had them printed out on cards. I probably had about 90 note cards. And as I was doing it, I was pulling cards because I, I felt like every joke I told, I learned something else about the audience. And I'd be like, oh, that's not going to work. That's not yeah. going to work. So it was, uh, I sweat through my tuxedo. Like I've never, like I literally was like, sweat. Then, the whole time. Yeah. Like the minute, first of all, I was so worried that he would kill, which he did. Yeah. He's great. He sort of, who, Obama? Yeah. Well, he sort of has to kill. I mean, it'd be yeah, bad if the president... Yeah, not all presidents kill like he right, kills. Right, right. <laughs> also, I, Obama switched it, because it used to be the president went last. Yeah. And then he, like, moved in, right. which is, like, genius. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you have to follow the president. <laughs> and even if you're, like... Just as good as him, the tiebreaker is like who's president. <laughs> so, and the other thing was you have to eat dinner. Like you literally sit like this. You eat dinner for an audience. Yeah. Because you're at this dais, and you're like a museum installation. Oh, so they're all sitting there they're looking sitting, at you. And people walk up and literally just like take pictures of. I mean, they don't take pictures of me, but they. I was. So the other thing is like you, I'm sitting next to the first lady yeah. who I'm talking to, but while I'm talking to her, I'm like, oh, I want to look at my jokes. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, first lady, can I have a minute to myself, please? Um, and do they, do they check your script? They don't. Him? Really? They never check your script. What if you're a terrorist giving out code? I know. They don't. <laughs> and C-SPAN wanted my script as well, but I wouldn't give them my script either because I didn't want it to be about them cutting to people I was telling jokes about. Right. Um, which then, it didn't backfire, but, like, uh, I obviously told jokes about Donald Trump, and because the, the yeah, because the president had, they yeah. knew where the camera was. Right. So that was exactly what I, I mean, it, by the end, it was fine. It's just like, by the way, whenever anyone, like, wants to see your script beforehand, you yeah. just don't want to give it to them, because it's, like, it's just that feels. Yeah, like because you're like, I got this. I got yeah. this. <laughs> Take a look. <laughs> yeah. The worst is you don't want a guy from C-SPAN to be like, okay, oh, I mean... <laughs> Is this uh, <laughs> is this your final draft? <laughs> like, just like, again, like which is never gonna happen. But again, like just giving it away, you just don't want to give that control. Because yeah, it all automatically puts you in an insecure mode. There's it's no all, yeah. You're yeah. Like, here you go, and they're uh, like, oh, okay. uh, there's, there's a couple winners in here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, oh, yeah, uh, but it was. Uh, yeah, it was, it was exciting, but... Was it a good audience right from the get-go? I mean, like, when you got in, were you like, all right, it's good, it's going to go all right? I felt that way, but there were moments. Smigel, I ran into Robert Smigel randomly, like, two weeks beforehand. Yeah. He had written for Conan's, I want to say, in, like, 96, 97, and he gave me the best piece of advice, which is, like, if you lose the president, you lose the room, because it's never more interesting to watch you than it is to watch the president watch you. Ninja, so they're yeah. kind of watching you through... It's like mirrors. Yeah. And I had a like, run of joke about the Republican candidates, and as I was doing it, I realized that he didn't want to get caught laughing at them. Right. And so he was kind of clamming up, and then the, I felt the audience go cold, too. So I was like... Oh, kinda, you felt that? I really did. And I was you like, decided not to go, like, huh? Kind of, right? Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter? You're not getting these? Yeah. Huh? Uh, and I had, like, jokes about... Um, 
Afghanistan and stuff. Yeah. That then, like, right before... By the way, he killed, and then he did me the favor of, like, cleansing the palate by, like, thanking the troops. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Which is good for comedy, sure. but then all my jokes about Afghanistan, I was like, get rid of these. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> these are not gonna work. He, he, he cleansed the palate by awarding a Medal of Honor <laughs> in between. <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh, so you dumped those in while you were in it. Yeah. And you dumped the Republican stuff about two I in? I had or? a couple. I mean, like, I did a couple of them, but I, I think I pulled. I mean, they were also, like, you know, the, the thing about it was, it was, I guess it probably was about 20 minutes, and I knew the stuff I was excited to get to. Yeah. So anytime I felt it, like, going down, I was familiar enough with it to pull and get to it. And what did he say after? I talked for, like, he was just like, oh, that was great. <laughs> By the way, like, you know, as history will show now, like the next day he announced Osama Bin Laden had been killed. <laughs> and he knew so, while you were doing the he jokes. He knew. He was sitting there, all yeah. he was thinking is like, I killed the fucker. <laughs> yeah. and, it, and you're worried about whether or not he likes your Republican I joke. Know. He had the biggest hard on of his fucking yeah. uh, you know, term in office. Well, that I love, which is like, he killed, and I'm, I don't want to be arrogant. I feel like I did a little bit better. And he was like, wait till tomorrow, kid. <laughs> Seth Myers, ladies and gentlemen, Scott Atzik, Jody Lennon, Judy, Julian McCullough, Gabe Liebman, Rachel Feinstein. Kick on the music. Thank you for coming to WTF. What a great lineup. Great audience. Great to see you. Good night. <laughs>